to the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can what up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 267 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Ben? What's going on, brothers? The powers that be have us separated, man. No more plexiglass coming down to the table. Nope. We're, uh, we're in different locations now. Yeah, man. No more fucking playing footsie. <laughs> I know it's going to be upsetting for you, but it, it's the, it's the uh, fully quarantined edition of the boxing rant podcast yes yes indeed uh quarantine yourselves away folks uh we're gonna have a little fun today uh yes indeed um you know hey you gotta give thanks to uh to the boxing gods for for you know putting some some rumors and some speculation and a quote unquote fight announcement out there for right. us all. yeah here's something to look forward to when you're allowed out of your cave folks yeah, I mean, it at least gets the conversation going. You know what I mean? It at least gives us something to talk some shit about. And um, because the boxing population on Twitter, they have not been holding back. They're fucking like a bunch of zombies, like trying to figure out how to get over the wall. You know what I mean? They're like, let, let me give me boxing. That's <laughs> fucking it cracks me up, dude. Everybody is just dying for something. So I, like last week, we made people laugh. We told some stories. I think this week, let's go ahead and piss some people off, Ken. What do you think? Yeah, man, let's give it to them all. We bring it from all angles. Like. Our our style isn't isn't Southpaw. Our style isn't orthodox. It is unorthodox. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but we appreciate all of you tuning in to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, Podcast, Addict, CastBox, anywhere you get an audio podcast. Um, if you have not checked out the video version, we are broadcasting on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop by, check out the full video version of the show. And subscribe today. Follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Vim, let's get down to it. We got a kind of fight announcement. Yeah. Um, it was reported this week that Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin have agreed to fight. I'm not even going to say agreed to terms, agreed to all I am, am pretty positive on is that these two, or I should say Canelo, has finally decided that he will fight Gennady Golovkin for the third time. Um, hey, man, you know, the way I look at it, honestly and truthfully, it's really nice of Gennady Golovkin to give Canelo a chance to actually win one out of the three times. <laughs> you get, hey, everybody likes some dry-aged <laughs> beef, don't they? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, you know what is is really remarkable to me, though, man, is how much has changed since the end of the second fight. And, you know, it doesn't take much in the 24-hour news cycle, and people um, have just turned into, more than ever, right, have turned into experts, PhDs, doctorates of revisionist history. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll never fucking understand it, dude. It's like, look, people, we, we all sat and watched both fights, okay? Clearly, clearly. Both fights were very, very close. Most people, 95% of people who watched the first fight think Triple G won. 95%. There's a very small group. Even Canelo fans will admit, and here's how, here's how a Canelo fan 
admits that that Canelo may have lost the first fight. They go, I mean, I thought it was a draw, but I can see you giving it to Triple G. It's like, yeah, okay, thanks for coming to terms with your L. You know, like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? It was clear, people. Triple G won the first fight. There is no argument there. The second fight was very, very close, and the second fight was so fucking good. I mean, the the skill level on display in both fights was top-notch, but the back-and-forth action in the second fight, and that happened because Canelo decided that he had to change. He couldn't fight the way he did in the first fight. He had to start to bring the fight to Triple G if he wanted to clearly win a fight. I don't think he clearly won, but for some reason now, Everybody looks back on it and they go, yeah, I don't need to see a third fight. You know, I I really don't need to see it. Canelo won the second fight clearly. It's like, hold up. That's completely 100% false to begin with that. The scorecards were 114-114 and two 115-113s. That is not a clear win. And nobody who watches that thinks it's a clear win. If you're going to say it's a clear win because you're a Canelo fan and you were happy that your guy decided to not back up to the ropes and fight this time, okay, I, I get it. Good good for your guy. Good for him. Like he decided to uh, bring it, and he did. And I respect that. I scored the second fight a draw. I think most people saw it one round Canelo, one round Triple G, or a draw. But now... You know, a year plus later, so is it a, almost two years later? It'll be two years later this September. It the, the whole narrative has changed that surrounded the fight. It's like, wait a second, people. Wait a fucking second. Like, where is this coming from all of a sudden? You don't need to see it. Okay, I get it. Triple G has aged a little bit. He was already aged. Like, this isn't an excuse. That, and Canelo fans will say, you're... You're making an excuse for Triple G. I don't need to make excuses for facts. Like, he's he's fucking 37, going to be 38. He was 35 the first time they fought, 36 the second time, or whatever the fuck it was. No athlete in, is in their prime at that age. Like, this isn't an even, there's, there's not a debate there. No athlete is in their prime in their mid to late 30s. Well, so there's I, a nine, dude, there's a nine-year difference between the two. Right. It's so, like... It's not an excuse when you say that. Nobody's making excuses. They're simply pointing out the facts, the reality of the situation. But for whatever reason, boy, these Canelo fans got that dub, and they ran with that shit. They took their ball, and they went home, and they and now they came back out of the house a year later, and they're saying, what do we need this fight for? I don't need to see it. Canelo's the better fighter. Triple G's on the decline. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, okay, fine. Sir uh, Derevianchenko looked pretty damn good against Triple G, and Triple G got hit a lot in that fight. Uh, let me tell you something, folks. Canelo doesn't fight like Derevianchenko. He's not as quick on his feet. He doesn't throw quick combination punches like Derevianchenko does. So it's it's completely different. Stop you. Like, all fight fans will say, don't, you know, you can't use triangle theories and this, that, and the other, and, and, and just because a fighter performed like this against one fighter that, like, okay. He looked like that against Derevianchenko. That that was the most I've ever seen him get hit. Canelo didn't hit him that much. Not even close. And and by the way, folks, Derevianchenko's not even cleared to fight yet. Like the, the New York uh, State Athletic Commission that has not cleared him to even get a fight. So what's that tell you? Like, don't tell me Triple G. He, he's, he's aging. He's on the downslide. Sure. 
but that does not mean that does not mean we shouldn't get a third fight. And from a fan perspective, excuse the fuck out of me, but that second fight was goddamn close to perfection out fucking standing from both of them. I want to see it again. So what if Canelo wins a little easier this time? It's not written in stone. Anything can fucking happen in boxing. So can we just get the third fight and stop with all the, you know, uh, well, things have changed now, Ken. So it's really not worth, it's not worth my time as a boxing fan anymore. How dare you, Vin? How dare you enjoy that second fight? How dare you enjoy any of their two fights? I mean, come on, Vin. I mean, it's it's obvious that Canelo dominated the second fight. And, you know, who needs to see more great boxing? I'm not into great boxing. I'm into being able to tell you that my guy is tight. You know what I'm saying? Have you seen Have you seen my avatar on Twitter? That's Canelo's son. That's a, that's who I ride or die with. You know what I'm saying? That's my dude, son. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, dude, it's just I, I have never been able to wrap my head around people. I, I get the fanboying. Okay, right. I do. 100% right. under, right. understand. Like, you ride with your guy, whatever. I have no problem with that. <clears throat> it's the it's the not wanting to see great fights. Like, I, I don't understand that. Like, Canelo Alvarez, especially the way, like, Canelo's strategy that, that he deployed in the second fight, that version of Canelo, like, that style, and Gennady Golovkin, even if Golovkin is at the very end of his career and is almost 10 years older than Canelo, it's a match made in heaven. They could fight 10 times and it wouldn't make a difference. Okay? Like, it's, it, is, it is great theater. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> you can continue to, um, you know, come up with all the... It's loser talk, man. Oh, no, we don't need to see that. What do you mean you don't need to see it? What, what do you need to see? Do you need to see Canelo Alvarez versus Rocky Fielding? <laughs> do you need to see Gennady Golovkin versus Steve Rolls so you can be like, ah, see? See, GB fighting bums. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I see one guy, like... I don't even know where I like somebody retweeted it on Twitter. Some guys like, yeah, I think we can all agree that Gennady Golovkin's career and, and, and Golovkin was just overrated that he was just pretty much a bum slayer. I think we can all agree on that now. <laughs> Dude. I mean, whatever happened to like, but, but there is a contingency. Let's not pretend that we don't know people or we don't have friends that just fucking repeat opinions that they hear on TV. Oh, like, absolutely. They're, they're, they're incapable like like they don't even understand what the eye test means you know what i mean like some people can see talent some people can see natural ability and you know there's some people that had like that that were great at what they did that that didn't have longevity life you know uh, i mean you remember kirby puckett right oh yeah if you saw kirby puckett walking down the street you'd be like look at that short fat fuck he looks like kenny from the boxing ranch you know what i mean <laughs> Like, like, honestly and truthfully, like, but when you see the guy play, w w dude, when you saw him ball, when you saw him robbing, robbing home runs up against the plexiglass at dude, the Metro, he would, he would, he looked like he had a forty-plus inch vertical. That's what I'm saying. And guess what? He he got he got literally. I think he played eleven or twelve years, and his his career was cut short. That dude could have played another six, seven years. Yeah, he still made it to the Hall of Fame. Anybody that watched Kirby Puckett play, you watched him, and you were like, holy shit. That dude right there 
is one of the greatest baseball players to ever play the game, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes, it, you know, I don't know if that's a great analogy or not, but in boxing, it's, it's, it's very simple. Like, you can tell. Like, you can tell when somebody is far above and beyond. And then there's always context, man. I think the one thing that, that, that Triple G fans, and the reason why I think a lot of them are turned off to this third fight, you know, n- not just to, you know, pick on the Canelo fanboys that are too good for a fucking third fight, but there's, there's a, a segment of Triple G fans out there that don't want to see a third fight either because they're so sour. They're as sour as Triple G is on, you know, seeing somebody as great as he is, having their legacy tarnished by home field advantage, by A-side advantage, by, you know, it's just what happened to him being railroaded in that first fight. It's not going to change it. It's not going to change things when it comes time to look back on his career five years after he's retired. Like he's still going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame because you have to look at the context of generation two. When a fight, when a fighter fought, the context of were they able to get, you know, the fights that, um, you know, uh, that they wanted. The, you know, were people ducking him? Whatever. I mean, the body of work speaks for itself. His record speaks for itself. Um, you know, his knockout streak, his title defense streak, all that stuff. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame. There's no doubt about it. But when it comes down to these fans are like, what does it fucking matter? Like, yeah, I want to see a, a fight, but what's the point in sitting here and watching as a fan of Gennady Golovkin, watching this third fight when he doesn't stand a fucking chance anyways? Unless he knocks this dude out, it's it's clear in the first fight, even though it wasn't the kind of domination that we had seen from Gennady Golovkin when he dominated people on his run on his winning streak, on his streak of title defenses. It was not that style of domination. But you could not have had a clear victory for him in that fight that did not include knockdowns or knockouts. It was a clear decision victory for Gennady Golovkin, and he got fucking jobbed on that. So if that's the case, and most people think that, well, he's not going to knock Canelo out this go-around anyways, he's older, maybe his punch output's going to be depleted in this one after the Derevyanchenko fight. You know, some people are even going as far as saying, you know what, this is a fight that's going to end up pushing him over the cliff, and I don't want to fucking see it. He's going to get jobbed anyways. I completely understand that sentiment, man. There's been too many times in the history of boxing where guys have been jobbed, their careers have been railroaded, and then right when they get what they deserve, what they've earned in their career, it's too fucking late and they get pushed off the cliff. Yeah, I mean, look, <clears throat> my biggest thing, and, and 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 I understand that from Triple G fans, but Triple G fans also need, like, there's a, there's a segment of them that to me, like, both both these fan bases are so fucking obnoxious that that is the reason why we don't want to see a third fight. Because we're tired of hearing from these obnoxious fan bases fanboying for their guy. That's a problem across the board in the sport of boxing. It's like, okay, I like, can you tune out the retards? Because I can tune out the retards. I like, go ahead and say what you want to say and 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 fluff your boy all you want. I don't care. That means nothing to me. I don't I don't let that enter my brain and scramble the idea that this is, isn't a good fight now. Like stop letting these people that make these dumb statements that support their guy, like take it for what it is. Clearly these people are fans of this fighter or that fighter. You don't have to take what they're saying. Seriously. When you pump up the Redskins, you know, like I take, 
some of it with a grain of salt because I know you're a fan and that's fine. You do the same thing. When I talk about the Eagles, my expectations are going to be higher than most people. Your expectations are going to be higher than most people because you're a fan. So when you're a fan, that happens. You can take that perspective out of it and look at it from a fight fan perspective, not a fan of the fighter perspective and, and, and eliminate all of that. Get it out of there. Push it to the side. Not wanting to see it because of that, like letting those people, you know, like, I'm so fucking annoyed. I can't take these Triple G fanboys anymore. I can't take these Canelo fanboys anymore. Get over it, man. Like, it's going to happen. People are fans of shit. Tune it out. Just fucking tune it out because I don't give a fuck if if Triple G's depleted or not. Like, people all of a sudden are saying, well, Canelo is going to stop triple g in this fight what 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 about the first two fights makes you believe that that's going to happen i didn't see i saw both of them get caught with if not the best punch that they're you know if not the sunday punch from the other guy pretty damn close to it and neither one of them budged not an inch not a fucking inch and maybe they were hurt and they were they they have great poker faces which which some of the best fighters of all time do they never show you that they're hurt but i never saw a moment where triple where you were like ooh who uh, are he hurt triple g there he's got him so now coming into this third fight i should believe that that's a possibility i i, I just i don't see it i do not see it if you want to pick that that's fine i think you're out of your fucking mind you're out of your mind Triple G's never been down. Canelo is not the biggest puncher in the history of boxing, or he's not even the biggest puncher in boxing right now. And I get it. He dropped and stopped a, a, a past it drunk who fought 10 weeks before and was hurt in that fight. And somehow this has like, this has brought upon this new, like, Look at look at that Kovalev fight for what it is, people. That was a nice knockout by Canelo. And, and, and he set him up and he caught him late. But to take that and bring that into a third fight with Triple G and say, oh, he's going to knock Triple G out. Kovalev and Triple G are completely different fighters. And you know why? Because they approach the sport completely differently outside of the fucking ring. Triple G ain't. Triple G ain't going out getting drunk. He's not going out assaulting women and, and involved in, in court cases that are, when you read about him, you're like, this shit, this is, this is some wild shit. Like this guy ain't, this guy ain't right. Like popping out of bushes in front of, of a woman's house and, you know, trying to, it's like, if, if all that shit is true and his day in court will come, oh, Kovalev's a fucking piece of shit, uh, like an absolute piece of shit. But beyond that, <laughs> but beyond that nonsense he just he's not he doesn't live a spartan lifestyle he's not he doesn't take it as seriously as as triple g does so there's a big difference there you got to be able to separate shit like everybody just lumps everything together and comes to a conclusion and and, and that's it i i i will like okay fine you don't want to see the fight i get it I, i'll never understand it there's no way that you can explain to me in a logical way that will make sense to me that, that this fight isn't necessary. It's 100% necessary. Yeah. I mean, dude, look, Kovalev had been chinny since the second Andre Ward fight. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you live that lifestyle, it, you know, it, it, it tends to um, show in your ability to uh, resist punches. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Now you, you do, do you hit the nail on the head? That is the perfect. I mean, those two could not be more different when it comes to lifestyle, when it comes to, um, you know, just the, you know, the way that they live their lives. I mean, it's not even remotely the same. You know what I mean? No, it's not even no. remotely the same. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I guess we, you know, we're talking about, you know, Canelo Alvarez's ability to punch or whatever. Um, you know, I think that punch resistance, I think that punching power um, is going to the, you know, the impact that that is going to play in this fight, um, I think is going to have a lot to do with what weight they fight this at. Because the article that was reported in The Athletic said that this was going to be at middleweight. Now, everything that I had heard since the last uh, Golovkin fight, when Canelo Alvarez moved up to super middleweight and then up to light heavyweight, was that he was never coming back to 160 pounds again. Now, people are like, well, you know, he had the WBA belt. I mean, obviously, he's still a middleweight. Stop. You know anything about the WBA belt? Okay. (laughs) You know anything about the WBA? Canelo can fucking, he'll be champion for fucking the next 40 years. And if the WBA can reach in his pocket somehow, be like, yeah, you can keep, just keep it, man. Just keep it. Well, we'll come up with the super duper extra califragilistic belt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, as long as they can get some of that Canelo money, it don't matter. So don't think it's because, you know, he had uh, aspirations and desires to move back down to 160 pounds. I don't believe it. I, you know, I think that it might like this has got to be some kind of lore to get people interested or something because, um, 168 pounds sounds fine. I think that Golovkin will have no problem with it. I just don't think that at 160 pounds that Canelo Alvarez is a very big puncher. Um, I don't think cutting weight for him, you know, I know that he's not cut, look he, the fight that he was supposed to have, you know, that was never officially announced against Billy Joe Saunders for May 2nd. He was training for a 168 pound fight. He looked like a guy that was not cutting weight in camp. I mean, he looked solid. He looked yeah. thick. He looked comfortable. He looked like he's probably walking around at 175 pounds. You right, know what I mean? Right. Um, and 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 feeling real comfortable. If he has no problem coming back down to 160 pounds, and that's where they're going to do it and make it a full unification fight for a legitimate belt, um, because if they're going to make this a title fight, not that it matters for a trilogy between these two anyways. Uh, belts don't matter at this point between these two. Belts mattered when they were trying to make the first fight. Right. When they were, when 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 Team Golovkin was trying to get Canelo Alvarez in the ring, that's when it mattered. And he got him in the ring. Um, this go-around, belts do not matter as much. But don't tell me that it's going to be at 168 pounds without a Billy Joe Saunders victory and a legitimate belt and say it's for, for a super middleweight title. Because that regular shit don't matter. And if and if and if Golovkin don't want to wear snack gear at Victor Conti's gym to work out, he ain't wearing wear no regular belt, you know. <laughs> exactly. Them regular days is is ten years ago. You know what I'm saying? When you were just trying, you know, when you were fighting in Germany and trying to get fights, you know. Right. Right. Um. So, anyways, uh, you know, what what do you think about the weight that they're saying that you know that this thing's going to be at middleweight? Do you believe that? I I, I mean. Sure, they can say that all they want. I kind of tend to agree with what you said first. Like they're trying to lend some some type of credibility involving a unification at 160. I just I don't see it. I mean, hasn't Canelo clearly stated it, and I think Oscar has too, that he's not coming back down to 160. The chances are very slim. It would need to be a very lucrative fight, and this is a lucrative fight. But I like I just I don't see it. 
and and to me it almost makes more sense at at, at 168 right now i don't want to see canelo come back down to 160 and then that be an issue or whatever the case may be i i've i've always felt that this third fight would wind up at 168 and when they sit down at the negotiating table we all know who swings the big dick and that's that's the ginger me <laughs> right <laughs> this guy yeah. I mean, he's going to swing that thing to and fro and and at the bottom on the bottom line of that contract it's going to say 168 pounds. I just can't see it any other fucking way. Yeah. Canelo's going to he's going to fucking he's going to sign that contract with his little red curlies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um yeah, and, and and like I said, like at the end of the day, like have it at at fucking one sixty four. Like who gives a shit? I don't care. You know? that, that's it's irrelevant. Yeah, this isn't like this isn't a this is a super fight, folks. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, in that you know, dude, the second fight, well, yeah, Canelo came out on the front foot and you know came out with a strategy to pressure the pressure fighter. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, but dude, at the in the in the back half of that fight, man, you know, Canelo has he has some stamina issues late in fights. At least he had at the lower weight classes, or at least he had before um, he started eating them steaks. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Before he started eating that, that Mexican beef, before the WBC changed them clenbuterol rules. Um, and, dude, fucking Golovkin pieced him up late in that fight. You know what I mean? I, dude, I, so, I scored at 4-2 Canelo in the first six and 4-2 Triple G in, in the last six rounds. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's, I don't even remember what I scored it, but that sounds exactly how the fight went um, to me. And, you know, so as it pertains, people are like, oh, you just jumped over to that second fight. No, I think there's something to be said about, you know, what weight class this thing's at. You know, Canelo is regardless, dude. It's not, look, people can report that it's about money that, that, oh, you better sweeten the pot if I'm going to take that, take that, uh, uh, that third Golovkin fight. But at the end of the day, dude, you know, Canelo is not going to take this fight. He doesn't want this fight. He's not going to take it if 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 he can't pull, you know, his A-side card as much as possible. You know, look, Golovkin is still getting paid what he's going to get paid. Like, he just wants to fucking fight. I bet you if they said that it was going to be, you know, a, a, you know, a ladder match, loser go home, you know, with a briefcase hanging over the ladder, you know what I'm saying? Like, or whatever, whatever kind of match. This could be a fucking hell in the cell. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants to fight. That's Golovkin though, right? Like that's his mentality. He does not care. There's no, you know, there may be a little bit more diva in him now because he's just like, well, you know, fuck boxing, you know, fuck the commission and especially fuck Bob Bennett. You know what I'm saying? He's probably just like, yeah, I don't care about Bob Bennett's second triple G. You don't talk about my sack that way. I'll send you back to the Ukraine. <laughs> it's like, Ukraine? I ain't from the Ukraine, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I think it's a little too early to get, like, all fucking ginned up about this fight. I think we just need to have sports back first. Yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe boxing first. I mean, you know, the complicated thing with boxing, people are saying, um, you know, as it pertains to Major League Baseball, oh, how are the pitchers going to get stretched back out in time? Oh, we need time to do our groin stretches and our and our vagina stretches and our Kegels before we can get out there <laughs> and and be expected to pitch three batters in a row. 
um you know like but with boxing like these guys need you know at least eight weeks you know what i'm saying especially today's fighters i mean yeah look you thought when when boxing was active when the whole sport was active that 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 you know that training camp was used as a fat camp dude 90 percent of these dudes are going to be using it as a fat camp now especially with this quarantine going on there's some people that live that lifestyle you know what i mean there's you know the great champions in the sport live that lifestyle but even guys that 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 you thought lived that like uh lifestyle um have come in and admitted like they, they've been using camps for fat camps as as you know the sport has gravitated to even like not even a sides like like barely top 10 guys only fighting twice a year <laughs> by their choice. Not because they're not getting fight. Danny Garcia lost 30 pounds before his last fight. Dude, these guys are going to need all the time in the world. And so your first round of fights, even if they're able to fight with no spectators, let's say they come back at the end of May and they can fight with no spectators. Let's say that one of the three solutions to this virus um, ends up being something that, you know, uh, tips the curb and the downhill slope. And that is the weather, right? They're hoping that maybe this thing could be like the flu where when, you know, once it gets warm and summer months come, then you'll see a significant drop off in cases and they're able to at least start with no fans. Okay. So you'd have to announce that fight now. And these guys would have to go to camp like today. So if that's the case, baseball, NBA, they all come back. Let's just say June 1st. Okay. Well, that means that boxers can start in camp. Cause you heard what Bob Aram said, like, he basically just said, I don't know what you want me to tell you about boxing. Like, I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. The fact of the matter is, is we're kind of watching the NBA and Major League Baseball and seeing what they're doing. So then we can tell our guys, okay, we can schedule your fight. Now you can get back in camp. I don't think, and in, 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 look, I'm not an expert, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you, though, this is what's going to happen based off of these experts that I fucking followed. No, I'm just saying, I'm just throwing out like a, a hypothetical. If they say that 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 things can resume on on June 1st and they announce this like on May 15th. Okay. Well, then you're not going to see your first fight until probably the end of July, early August, right? So yeah. then, you know, so then what happens? Do they have the Billy Joe Saunders fight and the Sarah's Meta fight for Golovkin in September and then they go ahead and have like a Christmas New Year's? That's when the trilogy happens. I mean, that that to me sounds more realistic, especially if they're going to have interim bouts like they both want to have or uh, i don't know if this agreement says that they need to have these interim bouts but come on man if that if that has to happen i i just don't see um you know especially a big fight like canelo saunders i don't see canelo turning it around i don't see anybody turning it around that fast do you no i i think expecting any fighter to uh to, to see them twice and and whatever remains of the schedule in 2020, I think it's that's a fucking long shot. For one, you're going to have a ton of guys that are looking for dates that need to get paid, and there's only so many dates available. Especially everybody's going to be trying. Like when this when it ramps up and sports are back, these dates aren't going to be easy to come by. Like they're they're going to fill up quick. And and I just thought like any fighter, I, I don't expect to see any fighter other than. Uh, up and coming fighters or prospects or journeyman guys that fight a lot. I don't expect anybody outside of them to fight more than more than once this year. I, I just I can't see it that the uh, fighters don't they, they just don't turn around and, and make fights that quickly. It, it hasn't been like that 
for a long time. It is the norm. It's been accepted, basically. Used to drive me nuts. And now I look at it like, well, it is what it is. There's no point in fucking complaining about it because it's not going to change. So to expect, like, fights come back, let's say, in June at the earliest, hypothetically. No, no, not everybody's going to be ready to jump in the ring in June. Oh, Brana going to be ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, need, he, need, he need to get that bag, Vin. He always ready, can't he? always ready. <laughs> yeah. He said he's going to go back at, uh, and fight at 135 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck. Is he, is he sleeping in a sauna? I don't know, man. They did close the MGM Grand Buffet. You know what I'm saying? So maybe... <laughs> Maybe he's fasting now, he, but he's clearly on that liquid diet. That's for sure. Uh, he he look he's looking rough, boy. That picture of him in the hospital after he got out of jail was like, damn. I know that face. I've seen that face in the mirror before. That is a motherfucker who is in it deep right now. <laughs> just just stuck in the muck, man. Oh, perpetual bender status. <laughs> just bloated. Oh man, but hey, look, hey, hey, not to you know. Uh, you know, uh, to take the mic here, but look, Canelo's in the gym working out. We know Golovkin stays within a reasonable range of weight. So interim fight, I, I don't know, man. If, if it comes down to it, fuck the BJ Saunders fight, fuck the Sayers Meta fight, and, yeah. fuck, and fuck the IBF. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Golovkin's at the point in his career, yeah, it's great to have that IBF belt, but come on, Sayers Meta. Or no. fucking Canelo, come on, man! The the clock is ticking. All right? Yeah, we don't. Yeah, Golo- we don't need any more of the Golovkin like easy, easy knockout fights. That so we've all seen it. It's played out. It, I, I get annoyed of people like painting his career as that when it's like, hold on a second. Did you look back at the la- like from 2017 on? His run of opponents that he has fought are is far from the bum of the month club. And he and he fought the guy that everybody now sits back and claims is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. He fought him twice. He fought Lomachenko. <laughs> you know, he like Lomachenko. Like okay, yeah, I get it. We mixed in a Steve Rolls and a Vanis Martirosian. That's what every fighter does, folks. I mean, are, are we not like paying? Like, what is? Why is it different for him? I'll I, I'll never get it. Oh, that's right. It's because you hate his fucking fans, like I said earlier. That's hey, exactly why. That's Boo Boo Andre's every opponent. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's every opponent. His the the worst opponent that Golovkin's been in the ring with, Vanis Martirosian, is Boo Boo Andre's best opponent. <laughs> right. But he the boogeyman. Oh Christ. I don't even <laughs> I don't even want to fucking have that conversation. <laughs> well, hey, come on, man. Boo Boo always makes appearances on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, a boo boo. <laughs> oh man, it is slow times in boxing for sure. It is uh, for sure. All right, let's um, let's move away from that. There'll be plenty of time to talk about, um, you know, fights that are rumored. Right. <laughs> That's all we got. Yeah, man. You guys know the you know the boxing rant is is a is a uh, an operation founded in the world of clickbait. That's what we do here. We are the podcast version of boxingscene.com <laughs> we need that rumor mill we want oh. that rumor mill yeah man yeah man yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh man um let's just get to some more drama then let's do it errol spence Ooh. is uh is becoming more vocal on social media now 
that there's no boxing. Um, and he's been talking a lot of Crawford. He's saying that that fight's going to happen. Um, what specifically did he say about that fight happening? Did he say it's going to happen this year? I think he said, yeah, me and Crawford will definitely fight either later this year or in 2021. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more from Errol Spence as far as like, can we really expect you to come back? And it's, it's certainly not going to happen later this year because I would have to imagine. I mean, I, you know, I have no idea. Nobody does. That's the problem with speaking about any Errol Spence fight moving forward is who the fuck knows? Who who knows? We I've seen a couple videos of him training, uh, him, him running, but we don't really know the extent of what what the fuck is going on with him. He is clearly going to need some type of tune up fight first. I don't I don't see there's any way that he comes back and puts himself in a big time fight. And if he does, if he comes back and let's just say he jumps right into that Crawford fight, to me that's a major red flag. I respect it. I'm not saying I don't respect him doing that. But I would also say, hmm, is he going to go ahead and just say fuck it and cash out? Because I would think he'd want to be like, make sure he's 100% prepared for that fight and jumping right into it. Ballsy move. Like I said, respect the hell out of it. But I, I just I just can't see it. So I, the earliest is 2021. And, and quite honestly, even even talking about that fight is hard to do until we know we get some type of information, not just a short video of him in the gym with a, with a sweat-drenched shirt. Like, that's not it. That doesn't tell me anything. That that tells Spence fanboys all they need to know. That tells me nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. You know, uh, um, I did one of those, um, you know, one of those survey things on uh, on Twitter because I've been so bored about jobs that you've held in the past. And mm-hmm. I'd actually like to get to that a little bit here later on and tell some fun stories. Yeah. Um, but one job that I did not list on there was I was the guess you, uh, guess your weight guy at the, at the amusement park. Right. Oh, Jesus so, Christ. yeah. So, um, you know, uh, you step on the scale and I, you know, if I get it within, if, you know, if I get it within 10 pounds, um, you know, you get to take home a stuffed animal and I can tell you right now <clears throat> being an expert in that field that, that, uh, <laughs> Errol Spence is probably walking around at at least 185 pounds right now. Well, I mean, um, did you did you hear the co- the comments that Bomek made? I think it was the other day. It was a couple of days ago. Yeah, he, he, he's basically acting like he has some type of inside information on what's going on with Spence, and says, "If this dude ain't going to start taking uh, the sport seriously outside of the ring and 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 stop fucking drinking, basically is it was what he said, paraphrasing. Uh, we ain't never going to get a fight. He's got to get himself right. So there's a lot of shit that you know." that there's a lot of shit in the weeds when it comes to this fight. And it's very hard to, to really get excited about it and, and discuss it in a serious matter because of, of what we don't know. Yeah. I, I look, man, I think there's a lot of, uh, I think people are pretty well informed. I mean, you know, boxing is, is an underground sport for the, you know, uh, like the inner workings of it. People speak, there's whispers, um, you know, there's not a lot of just, I mean, yeah, there's, there's trash talk, but when it comes to stuff like that, I don't think that uh, there's much frivolous trash talk in that at all. That's kind of like, you do need to see it, man. I mean, it, th- that's the reputation that Errol Spence has developed for himself recently. Um, you know, I, I think that if he does take, I think if he doesn't have a, a, a like some form of a tune-up fight in his first, f- first fight back, 
then you're 100% correct. It's totally a red flag. There's no doubt in my mind that that is a huge red flag for him. Dude, you cannot come off of something like that. I mean, it'll be a year since that wreck in October. So Damn, it's, it's already been a year. I mean, well, in October, but that that's crazy. But, but you know, the way that, that you know, this speculative timeline that we're just kind of fantasizing about because nobody has a fucking clue, maybe that would be the time frame that, that he would be able to have his first fight back. So you're going to take a year off of an accident like that, have to lose all that weight, have to make lifestyle changes, and you're going to fight Terrence Crawford. Like, first off, you guys have been away too long. Boxing will have been away too long. Let's get back in the spotlight and get some, you know, some good juju back, some every, get everybody's juices flowing. Like you said, it's going to be hard enough to find venue space, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a fight that you're going to have to probably fight at the at the very least in some form of an arena. They'll probably have to have it in a Vegas arena because, dude, if the NHL comes back, right? And even if it doesn't come back, even if they cancel the season, the new season starts next, uh, next October. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. So they're going to be jockeying for, for room at the same time. And if they try to play some kind of shortened season, dude, you're going to see a lot of fights in, you know, uh, you know, casinos in Vegas at the, at Mandalay at the MGM grand, you're going to see the Mohegan sun come back into play uh, StubHub. Like you're going to be seeing all these like classic boxing venues are going to going to get all the action and all the play. It's going to be a lot harder to get into the Staples center and to get into Madison square garden. Um, <clears throat> probably not Brooklyn boxing though. Right. I mean, <laughs> probably not brooklyn boxing they probably got dates wrapped up for like three or four years i think they they, they secure like 10 dates a year Barclays. <laughs> yeah um yeah i'm just not buying that at all dude i mean that's just all talk that's somebody's got too much time on their hands yeah um you know talking about that possibly have you know somebody's got way too much time on their hands um and, and too much twitter on their hands you know at, at there there was a time um when i could have said uh, about you, Vin. That was a little bit too much Twitter on your hands. Oh, absolutely. Um, but my boy Devin Haney has turned into the second coming of Robert Griffin the uh, Third. Just complete, just kind of like buying into their own hype at such a young and immature age, to the point where they think they that they are something. I don't know, man. I don't even know how to describe it. When RG3 won the Heisman and came into the NFL, had that rookie year that, uh, you know, was, you know, it was a historical rookie year. Nobody's going to forget about that rookie year. It's in the record books. Um, But, geez, man, that guy, that kind of, that level of success turned RG3 into, like, he, he felt he became this fucking ridiculous narcissist. Right. That it felt like he had conquered the world, done enough to become an expert on life, sending out life tweets like in quotes and inspiration to the world. Like he was a deity sent from above to inspire the masses. He like walks around in his robe saying, have you seen all of the tweets and quotes that I have sent out from Gandhi's book that I have read? (laughs) I am Gandhi in cornrows. You know, it's like, there's just a ridiculous to it. It's like, I remember being 21 years old and I remember being a total fucking prick. Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I wasn't like that at one point and that one day I didn't like pretend to grow up. You know what I'm saying? Because now I'm almost 40 and, uh, 
you know, like you're playing the, the craziest game of pretend you've ever played right now. Yeah, exactly. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, it's just, you have at that age, you've done absolutely. Yes. You've accomplished some things because you were blessed and born as a freakish athlete. Right. But dude, you have no concept of life. Like you have no life experience. Like growing up, like your childhood, whether it was good or whether it was bad, whether no matter where you come from, you were still a kid, man. That will shape you and kind of turn you into um, whatever it makes you into and sort of carves the perspective that you're going to be stepping into the real world with, right? But oh my gosh, man, Devin Haney's Twitter account has gotten out of control, man. He has taken the wrong page out 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 of uh, out of the book of. It's not even. I don't know. He he. Sometimes he comes off as humi- as being like the, like humble, and he's got some humility. But dude, the immaturity level, man, is is real. And anybody that thinks that they're out there fucking like like going like googling fucking inspirational quotes and putting them on your Twitter page, and then he's always asking these like philosophical, like metaphysical, like life questions on Twitter. Like he doesn't get it. You know, he thinks that he's he's like super ultra sensitive to any kind of criticism or any kind of comment that anybody has to say about him at all. Like you don't even understand at this point in your life that that is fucking white noise. And if you can't tune that out, you know what I'm saying? You got some serious issues down the road. And to me, having seen the demise of RG three and just the, the, just how similar these two seem to be in their sensitivity to all the noise and the, just their perspective on who, on who they are and where they stand in their sport. I'm sorry, dude. I've seen it. I've seen it first fucking hand. Okay. Red flag city. I know I said it on this show that I thought that Devin Haney would be a pound for pound guy one day. He's, he's constantly putting the cart before the horse. He wants to have all of the accolades without having accomplished anything in the ring he hasn't fought a guy inside the top 20 yet but has the nerve to go around and saying that Lomachenko a certified hall of famer the greatest amateur boxer in the history of the sport accomplishing something as a professional that nobody has ever done before in this sport is ducking you he's in his prime and he's ducking you I'm trying to figure out honestly and truthfully I know the talent of Devin Haney, but I'm trying to figure out who Devin Haney is. Who are you to say that, dude? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you are you bought way too much into your own hype, man. Pump the fucking brakes. Get in there. Fight a top 10 guy for a real fucking belt. Let's win some fights first, man. All right? These fucking easy layups, you know, pretty soon you're not going to be able to drive to the hole and just lay it in every single time, man. Fucking, you're gonna run into Matumbo at the net one of these days. You know, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Look, I I think you you spoke to it in the beginning when you're when you're talking about Devin Haney. These young guys, and I think it's a new thing that's just that's just gonna gonna be how it is moving forward. These guys have social media rabbit ears, so when they get criticized by somebody that they deem not worthy of criticizing them, they feel the need to respond. And I think that's just kind of like honestly, it it, it may be annoying. But I think that's just something that we're just going to have to fucking get used to because I think that's just that's that's going to be the new way. That's just how these kids were brought up. 
It's just different. It's a different time. But as far as like <laughs> the whole thing that like I, I love Devin Haney, and and to me, uh, I think he he has the most promise of any young fighter right now in boxing. More than Tiafimo Lopez, more than Tank Davis, more than Boots Ennis, more than Virgil Ortiz. I like him long term to have a better career than all of those guys. And I think all those guys will have great careers when it's all said and done. Shakur Stevenson, throw him in there too. All of them, okay? But it, it cracks me up. As, but like, It's another example of people hating Lomachenko's fan base. So they get behind that narrative, right, that Lomachenko is ducking Devin Haney or ducked Devin Haney by somehow accepting the franchise belt and not fighting his mandatory let's just break it down like this people there's no there's no need to bullshit and and dosey doe around the fucking facts okay that's all i'm going to give you is facts devin haney like you said has if he fought somebody in the top 20 i don't know of it he certainly <laughs> hadn't fought anybody in the top 10 but somehow he made it to mandatory status with the wbc so just keep that over here think about that for a second Okay. Somehow he got he got placed in that spot. Gee, I wonder how. I I, I just I, I wonder. It's hard to imagine. Uh so the Lomachenko unifies, becomes a guy and, and makes a statement like, hey, I there's a chance I may want to bounce around a little bit. I may hop down to, to one thirty for a fight. So the WBC and Bob Aram talk and they say, Well, we're gonna allow him the autonomy to do that, just like they did with Canelo Alvarez. We're going to allow him that autonomy. We're going to give him this franchise status and let Devin Haney get this belt. It, it was not for, like, people, honestly, if you believe that Bob Arum petitioned the WBC for that franchise belt to avoid a Devin Haney fight, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, sit down, take a couple deep breaths, and and stop letting Lomachenko fanboys dis, dis, it's it, like don't let that fucking get in the way of the facts of the situation people okay i i, I just like and then the, the response will be like oh, i'm sure that's how devin haney and eddie hearn wanted their guy to win a belt well i, I i'm sure probably that it, that wasn't optimal for them they but were pretty you, fucking excited about it Fuck. i mean they got that email and, and both of them were like yeah new champ i'm the champ I, I i like i didn't see any remorse or any like this is not how I wanted to win my first belt. I don't accept this. Let me fight for it. Vacant in the ring. He could have said that, right? Could he have not? Couldn't he have said to the WBC, I don't want it for free. Why don't you give me somebody in the top 10 that I've never fucking beat before and let me win the belt semi-legitimately? But yeah. no, no, we don't need that. We just need to know that uh, Lomachenko accepted the franchise belt because clearly, clearly he's ducking Devin Haney, Ken. He's ducking him. It is the most asinine, retarded fucking argument. I don't care who makes it or how they try to make it. It makes no fucking sense other than you don't like Lomachenko. You don't like Lomachenko's fans. So this feeds into your whatever the fuck your narrative is and whatever your whatever movie's playing in your fucking head. That isn't reality. I mean, give me a fucking break. Don't act like the business of boxing is not at play here. 100 fucking percent. Everybody gets their cake. Everybody gets to eat it too. Everybody gets paid. 
the the fucking the WBC gets their sanctioning fees uh, like they want. Devin Haney gets his belt. Eddie Hearn gets to promote a champion. We all know how Eddie Hearn likes to likes to promote and have you know ch- so called champions. They get to make more money based off that. Lomachenko gets his franchise status. He can bounce around, do whatever he wants. And let's not act like also top rank hadn't set in motion long before Devin or long before Lomachenko ducked Devin Haney that they weren't doing a four-man tournament at lightweight. And we all know where it was heading. It was either going to be Lomachenko uh, versus Comey or Lomachenko versus Lopez for semi-undisputed status because, of course, we all know the real WBC belt won't be in play. But give me a break, people. It's the business of boxing. And to not like to push that aside in this situation and use it in other argument arguments when it works for you and whatever you're pumping. I, I, give me a fucking break, people. Be real. Take the bullshit out of it. I'll circle back for the fucking third time on the show. Take the hate for a guy and his fan base fucking out of it when you're making when you're rationalizing whatever it is you're trying to rationalize. Look at it below the surface, people. It's not that hard, okay? It's just not. Just fucking take a deep breath, think about it, and 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 let your fucking hate go. Is that that hard to do? <laughs> let your hate flow through you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot of people out there that don't have any problem, like, you know, reaching into their favorite fighter's pocket and pulling out their wallet and counting their money, right? But they don't yeah. want to acknowledge uh, the politics that go around it. I think that's the simplest way to put it. I think you don't, you know, you don't work towards a fight with Tiafimo Lopez, and but you're ducking Devin Haney. Like that doesn't even make any fucking sense, man. Uh, Did Devin Haney beat a Richard Comey, Ken? No, no, he didn't knock him out in the second round. No, Um, you know, like Tiafimo Lopez just is a little bit more established right now, and I think that even though, like you said, the long game with Devin Haney seems like the safest play if you were going to put money on it. But Tiafimo Lopez is is the right now he's the better fighter right now, and he's the more dangerous fighter. I don't think there's any fucking doubt about that. He's the most dangerous guy at 135 pounds that Lomachenko can face. Period. Okay, proven, so, proven, yeah. not what you think. He's proven it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's that, right? So there goes. Take your Devin Haney ducking bullshit and you know fold it up and you know stick it up somebody's vagina. Um, you know, and walk Turn around that in there with sideways and stick it up your own candy ass motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and then there's just the, 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 dude, the plain politics of it. Why is Bob Arum going to go for a Devin Haney fight when he's got a guy in Tiafimo Lopez that has earned that shot? You have to be responsible. Like he's not just beholden to Vasily Lomachenko. He's got to, he's got to get Tiafimo Lopez his shot too. He's got to get Tiafimo Lopez his opportunity. He's got to get him paid. And he's going to put his guy in priority over Devin Haney. Even, you know, even if Tiafimo Lopez wasn't a, a really good fighter, I mean, that's going to take priority over it. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Hearn is perfectly fine. And like you said, the WBC is loving this shit. They are, they are WBA in this whole situation up. They're going to have a third champion without a single fucking title fight. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, you know, and, and look, and chances are Luke Campbell beats Javier Fortuna. He's just a better fighter. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so then Eddie Hearn's going to have that belt. And then guess what? He's got himself, just like we have Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez, he's got himself a Luke Campbell versus Devin Haney fight. Perfect. You, you know what I'm saying? So that to me right there is, it, it, that's pretty simple. 
Like that's not like that's not playing sides. That's not playing fanboy. That's playing like okay, hey guys, hey fanagers. I tell you what, man, I wouldn't want none of them fanagers running my portfolio. That's for damn sure. No. You know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah, let me count your money. I ain't got shit. I don't know nothing about business though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these these are these guys that are like fucking buddies with famous athletes, tapping them on the shoulder. Hey, I got this investment opportunity. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Next thing that uh, next thing you know, they're fucking Evander Holyfield out of money when they made two hundred million dollars. Hey man, but you know what? It'll never end. There will always be a line at the door to hold that bag for that guy who's out there fucking making it. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Nowadays, uh, you, yeah, that ain't going anywhere. No, no. Um, all right, let's get to some uh, some fun time here before we close the show. Then um, we'll get away from boxing and uh, you know let's just have some fun. So. I listed some jobs that I had in the past and people wanted to, you know, hear a little bit more about these jobs that I had. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I listed five jobs that I had and one of them, the first one on the list was a Christmas tree salesman. Okay. I was that, I was a gas station attendant. I was a golf caddy. All right. I don't remember what else I had on there. And I was an executive chef and people are like, well, hold on a second. You like hit us with, you went from fucking Christmas tree salesman to executive chef. Well, first off, the Christmas tree salesman job, I was 15 years old. I worked at the uh, Meadows Farm Nursery right down the street from my house. And I used to basically bale Christmas trees and tie them to the rooftops. Um, You know, one of our buddies, Beck, he worked in the actual yard. So he was like, when the people picked out their Christmas tree, he would grab the Christmas tree. He would run it up to me. I would run it through the baler and then I would tie it onto the roof and, and don't tell Beck this, but I would, I would get tipped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But dude, that was a good job. You could fucking just smoke weed down in the, in the Christmas tree yard. Every once in a while, they'd ask you to like run up and get like a bale of string out of the fucking, out of the lean to, and you'd like catch like fucking like one of the girls that work behind the cast register and like one of the yard guys up there, like fucking in the, in the mulch <laughs> pile or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you know, typical, typical shit. Then I worked at a gas station and the gas station job was actually pretty funny, right? As a, as a gas station attendant, I worked at you save gas. You remember that in, oh, uh, yeah. in Damascus, not there anymore, uh, but it was literally a shed. Like two people could sit at a fucking desk in, inside the shed. And then right next to it was like one of those big walk in fucking like, like bagged ice freezers or whatever. Remember? Mm-hmm. So, but that fucking freezer never worked. It didn't even work when I was a kid. So I had a key to it and I would go in there and fucking hot box it and just smoke down. People would just come and visit me and they'd be like, Hey, you want to smoke? <laughs> Cars are pulling. And it was fucking full service. And I was, a, you know, there, it was a one man operation. Like you yep. didn't have help there. So I had to pump all the gas. You'd hear cars pulling up and honking the horn and I'm in the fucking freezer hot boxing it. <laughs> so those gas pumps, right? They had like the, you know, the fucking, the old school dial on them or whatever. So when people would pull up, they'd be like, hey, let me get $20 worth of gas. And they would just hand me a $20 bill, right? So they couldn't see the pump. So I'd fill them up with like $15 worth, <laughs> $15 worth of gas. And I would stick a $5 bill in my pocket. By the end of the night, I'd have like $150 in my pocket. Just running a fucking gas racket, son. Um, and Dude, I was just a teenager and I was running schemes like that. That's that, Yeah, you see, I'm sitting here with my fucking dad hat on and my glasses in the basement kids upstairs sleeping telling you about the dumb fucking shit the criminal activity i was involved in as a kid yes and believe it or not one day i became an executive chef at two different restaurants i think you came in and ate ate at one of them right 
Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I will, I will vouch for your cooking skills, buddy. You, uh, you, you was all right. You was all yeah, right. I was all right. Um, and then I got married. And uh, if anybody wants to have a successful marriage, do not become an executive chef. So then uh, I left the field, as they say. You know what I'm saying? I left the field. Did you have any um, exciting, adventurous jobs? Then I know you. I know you used to make fried chicken for a living. <laughs> I did do that. That was my second job. I cut grass. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I think I started. I had a a lawn service with my cousin when we were like fourteen, fifteen years old, and we didn't do much. My dad had to drive us around to the places. So we had a few lawns. We'd cut them. Clear, uh, like twenty bucks to, for like an hour and a half of with two. <laughs> Two twenty-inch deck push mowers. Like, what is what is the point of this? This is beyond ridiculous. Did that, then worked at Red Rooster, which is a like a famous fried chicken place around where we grew up. Still there, still uh, still pumping out fried chicken. Ain't like it used to be. It's changed owners four or five times now. But God, what I mean, I used to show up there and I'd have to pull the grease traps above the fryer. That the first thing I did, pull the grease traps wash them fucking things off, then wash my hands, go go fucking put like eight pounds of fried chicken through the breading machine and trim it. Just a, what a, like you left that place and you had a fucking inch and a half layer of grease just covering you. I mean, a place was, you know, it's fucking tiny. Like there'd be four people working back there and you could hardly fucking move in the place and i got like a sweatshop yeah oh it was definitely a sweatshop and i got fucking fired from there what'd you get fired for (laughs) because one of my boys would come up there after football practice right and he'd pop in and you know dude it was all high school kids working there'd be three or four kids that were all high school kids we all knew each other we're having a fucking blast we're giving away free shit all the time i seen the head cook give away 50 pieces of fried chicken for free on a Sunday after like the church group that he worked with came in there. I'm like, holy shit, 50 fucking pieces of fried. Like, how does that go unnoticed? But, it, but it went unnoticed, but I guess somebody started to see some things. So they, they started watching people. So my boy came up in there and there was a guy eating in the dining room that had like three fucking tables, right? Just tiny as hell. And my boy comes in and I take his order and it's like, I gave him like a cheeseburger, a small fry and like a soda, right? Not nothing, nothing ridiculous, but the other guy eating in the dining room was friends with the owner. And he stayed there and saw that I didn't collect the fucking check or didn't collect any money. So he went home, called the owners. The owner's son came up, took me out back, fired me. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. After all the shit I've seen given away for fucking free. I get caught giving away a cheeseburger and a small fry and I'm gone. No warning. Whatever. I deserved it. Like if it was my business, I'd have fired my punk ass too. So I I had to walk home. They wouldn't even let me use the phone. I was still 15 years old. They wouldn't let me use the phone to call my house to get a ride. It was get out, get out, leave. So I had to walk home. It was like a mile and a half walk home, maybe two miles. Wasn't that fucking bad. But from there I went to uh, pizza hut. (laughs) Pizza I think Hut, I remember when you worked at Pizza Hut, which too. was the same fucking situation with people. I mean, there was a, a a fucking weed ring delivery ring running out of that Pizza Hut, but I was making pizzas. So on a Friday and Saturday night, standing at that fucking line, just wow. pumping out thousands of pizzas, the worst fucking job I ever had. And the, 
I'll say this, that it doesn't exist there anymore. It's been shut down, but I don't know how people didn't get sick. I really don't know how people didn't get sick. Not because of what I did or not because of, you know, it being like the pizzas being made in a foul way. Just the non, this the most unclean place I've ever, the dishwashing racket at the end of the day was like, yep, dip, 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 and done. It's like, hold on. We just coated that pan with grease. How is that clean? That, that ain't, that shit ain't fucking clean. I don't care if it's a sanitizer. We literally just dip, dip, dip rack. It's like, all right, I guess so. Uh, dude, d- dude, speaking yeah. of pizza places, I guess it was my senior year in high school. This girl that I was hollering at, Jessica, you remember. Oh, yeah. Um, she was working at the uh, Papa John's. Remember the Papa John's opened up? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It, like our sophomore or junior year in high school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I used to go, like, you know, she'd be working at Papa John's on the weekends. And so, uh, you know, I'd order a pizza just to go in there and talk to her or whatever. So I go in there one time and I'm just like standing. I'm that, I'm that fucking young punk ass kid. Like the adults are coming in trying to get their pizzas and shit and i'm like fucking distracting everybody back there like now i get pissed off at those fucking kids like like when i go into five guys and like they're leaning up over to the thing and i'm like motherfucker i'm trying to get my burger and fries right so i walk in and i'm like trying to holler at her and i'm like trying to make her laugh and shit so she's making somebody's order right and like in the middle of me talking to her and distracting her she goes oh fuck and i was like what happened she goes Oh man, they ordered Hawaiian pizza and I fucking put pepperoni and green peppers on it. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, well, I guess you got to make a new one. She goes, fuck that. She walked over to the sink and turned that fucking, they just cranked the water and took the pizza and just ran it under the sink, knocked all the toppings off, went over, took a towel, patted it dry <laughs> and fucking just reset the deck with new toppings and threw it in the oven. What the fuck? <laughs> I knew it. Dude, you remember right next to the Papa John's, it used to be a Roy Rogers. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this one dude, and I found out about this, and I could not fucking believe it, but he he he, he attested to it. This one dude fucking used to take the burger buns and fucking wipe his ass with the burger buns and put them back in the fucking bag. How horrible. I never, ever, ever fucking went there he got caught doing something How you ain't tell me that back in the day Ken? <laughs> i done ate some ass buns <laughs> you know you love eating buns um oh <laughs> uh, so he got he got caught doing something stupid probably spitting in somebody's burger or something like that um and got fired and fucking took a bag of ice and threw it in the fr- french fry fryer and took off out the door Holy almost bur- shit. almost fucking burnt the place to the ground i'm telling you right now man that town we grew up in, man, there were some fucking evil motherfuckers grew up in that town. Oh, there most certainly was. Just, just imagine, like, like everywhere else in the United States. Like, we grew up in fucking Cowtown. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a fucking, just, oh, man. Couple yeah. couple stoplights and that, that was it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, man. I had so many fucking meaningless jobs. Dude, I worked at a, at a pool company one time, and I was just, like, a, a helper. And I lasted like, I think I ended up getting fired because I decided I just didn't show up one day. Like that was pretty much like all those high school jobs or whatever. And the dude that I was working with weighed like 400 pounds. Ooh. I I mean, he made Dan Rayfield look tiny. (laughs) I mean, dude, this guy would get out and the whole time he would walk, you know, you know how far people's pools were from the fucking driveway. By the time he would get to like where the, like, like the pool pump was or the filter was, 
he'd be lumbering the whole time, fucking picking up his pants the whole time he walked out there. And when he sat down, that motherfucker was not getting up. And he was not the kind of guy that would bring all the tools that he needed with him. So my job the entire time was running back and forth to the fucking truck, little getting go, everything. Little to the, boy. Yeah, he'd be like, <sighs> can you go get my uh, <clears throat> my Dr. Pepper out of the car? <laughs> fucking two liter. Fucking <laughs> super big gulp with the big long straw on it. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I was like, one day, man, I was out partying. I was like, fuck that job, man. I ain't running around and getting shit for that fat fuck anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I, think I, I think I fucking detailed cars after Pizza Hut and was like a paint prep guy in a paint shop at a at a, at a body shop. After that, it was straight to a fucking electrician, and that's where I've been for 20 fucking years now. 20 goddamn years. 20 years. 20 years. Dude, we're getting old, man. I know. When I think about that, I'm like, fuck, dude. What the fuck happened? God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what, man? Like I always say, I'm in my prime, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. That that's a fucking mantra to live by. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, people wanted to hear about the throat, you know, I don't really uh not real sure where to go about that, you know, with that um from last week's story about the DUI that I got that started off with uh this girl the throat who invited me to a to a birthday party <laughs> at a bar. Oh, we got man. hey, we got plenty. Like we did some boxing talk on this show. We got plenty of weeks. We'll uh, we'll break out some stories. We got plenty of them. We don't want to burn them up in the first two weeks, man. No, and I'm telling you right now, I, there's there's so much more attached to that than just a <laughs> funny name. Yeah, it's all it's a it's a it it involves a lifestyle choice for a for a few years, and uh, you know some decisions along the way that involved. Um, Halloween parties, ecstasy, hospital visits, <laughs> gang bangs. I mean, <laughs> just all kinds of stuff, man. Oh, yeah. now, now we got to hear it next week, Ken. <laughs> and I think I got to be honest with you, man. I know I just look like the ultimate dad right now in, in my 40-year-old state, my 40-year-old body. But I can tell you right now, man. I think that that little teaser right there doesn't even fucking. I think I'm selling myself short. I gotta be honest. I know you are because I've heard the fucking stories. <laughs> I've heard them more than once. Oh yeah, I am truly one of the dumbest people you will ever meet. <laughs> There's no doubt about that, man. Thank God for my family. Decision, in the moment, decision making—that's not your strong suit. No, no, very impulsive. <laughs> very, very impulsive. That's why I quit drinking. <laughs> Those impulses become much more intense and hard to uh, hard to ward off. Right. Oh man. Uh, yeah, we're, I think we're going to have a lot of time. We got a lot of episodes coming up. Yep. Some some big announcements where we're taking the show, and um, you know we'll get to all of that uh, you know down the road. But here again, you get another hour and fifteen minutes out of us. So. Uh, Stick that where it don't shine. (laughs) All right, buddy. Well, you want to call it quits? Yeah, let's get out of here, buddy.
All right. We appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 267 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Uh, feel free to hit us up on social media at Vince Cummings 81, at Kenny Keith Jr., at the Boxing Rant with topics of stuff that you want to talk, uh, you know, want us to talk about. Dude, we'll go down any road. There's nothing off limits here. Um, you know, we'll talk about everything, even the dumbest shit in the world, because at the end of the day, we all do dumb shit, um, as you can tell. So, uh, but feel free to hit us up, man. We'd love to hear all the ideas and, uh, um, you know, keep them coming, uh, keep them fresh. And we're not really, don't ask us to go back and do mythical matchups from the 1970s. That's not really something that, uh, I ain't got, we're not completely furloughed from our jobs yet. We're actually still working a little bit out there. So, uh, we don't got time for that shit, but you want to talk some funny stuff. You want to talk about today's matchups, um, you know, whatever, um, keep it coming. We appreciate it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, CastBox, Podcast Addict, uh, anywhere you can get audio podcasts. Subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel today. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate that. Drop by the website, BoxingPod.com. That's BoxingPod.com. And uh, until next week, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 267 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Muchas gracias, everybody.